Welcome to The Porch. I'm Lindsay Bacardo, keynote speaker and virtual presenter for organizations who want to build strong, multi-generational teams. I believe that the modern day leader has a moral obligation to grow personally and lead others from a grounded and healthy and healed place. You're going to hear me bring on psychologists, neuroscience experts, storytellers, emotional intelligence researchers, really anything that helps a leader grow personally and ultimately impact the culture of their organization. This is where I bring my favorite thought leaders on these topics to teach and mentor us through our own growth. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to The Porch. Thanks everybody for being here. I know people continue to file in, which is great. Uh, I've got Jody Curtis here. She's the founder of Purple Ink and the Ink Pad. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, the founder yeah. of Joy Powered, intentionally creating an inspired workspace. Literally, you are the perfect person to have on right now, Jody. Thank you for coming. This <laughs> is exactly what we need to be talking about. Thank you for showing up and spending time with us today on the porch. Hey, I'm here. I'm joy powered and toasty mosty today. <laughs> All at the same time. So <laughs> tell me, tell me, Jody, you know, what made you, you've had a couple cool career changes. Yeah. What do you think has like as you've gone along, I have a suspicion of what has guided your steps, but I'm I want to hear it from you. What from some of us who are trying to navigate our career, what do you think has guided your different steps throughout your career? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. I can still remember when I was in high school and I told my mom I was going to be an accounting major in college and she said, what? Like, <laughs> you're going to be an accounting major? And then it's funny, you know, I haven't been an accountant for 30 years now. And so for so many people that know me now, when they find out I was an accountant, they're like, what? I'm like, that's exactly what my mom said 30 years ago. So, okay, maybe a little more than 30 years ago. But, um, you know, I always say in those early, I was an auditor in public accounting for nine years, and I loved everything about my job. I loved my clients. I loved the team building. I loved the training. I loved everything but accounting. <laughs> my main responsibility was like not my jam yeah, <laughs> yeah if I just didn't have those numbers to add up I was really joy powered back then <laughs> I love it I love it so at some point what was the tipping point do you remember the moment when you said I've got to be done I need to move it and move on yeah. So interestingly, I, actually, I haven't told the story to very many people. I was actually nine months pregnant and one of our clients asked me to come to work for them as a CFO. And my husband said, don't leave, don't leave. You're hormonal. It's your hormones. Don't make any decisions when you're nine months pregnant. And I was like, I got this. I'm going to work for my client. And it, I mean, it was just all coincidence, but I did know mentally I, I was ready for something new. And I was, although I still went as the CFO, I also have responsibility for HR. So it was really the first official time in my career, although I had been recruiting and training and all that, even as an auditor where yeah. I had responsibility for HR and I loved it. I yes. Loved it. Yeah. So there's a real lesson in there that, you know, 
it doesn't matter how pregnant you are or not pregnant you are, but really you followed, you know, we all start somewhere and then we wiggle towards what we're really made for. And I think it's so important to hear from you because most of us don't nail it out the gate and there's this pressure yeah. to graduate college, right? And to, oh, I'm going to be a CPA. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Right. And I've got a ton of clients in their twenties, thirties, early forties who are saying, wait, I don't, I, I went to school for this. I'm actually not really interested in that. I feel obligation to keep doing it. And you found a way to pivot. And HR is very hard to get into. It's not, it's not a field. It's not as easy as some other fields. You really you need right. your certifications. It's right. you're caring for people. And then you've got policies. There's a lot of layers there that make it complicated. And you found your way in. You made it yeah. happen. And even though it seems like such a drastic shift from being an accountant to an HR role, I wouldn't trade my accounting background and my accounting experience for everything because I think it, it gave me the confidence 30, well, what, maybe 25 years later to start my own business because I'd had that experience with businesses early on. Mm -hmm. Certainly not that, you know, um, everybody has to be an accounting major, but it did, it, it worked for me. And in the long term it all made sense. It just maybe didn't yes. make sense at all the stops and pivots along the way. So. Yeah. Well, and that's your, when you think about, when I think about your career, that's your unique um, crosshair is you have this financial background and then you have this deep love for people. Right. And that's the, that crosshair makes you really valuable inside of organizations who have to make decisions for people and regarding resources. That's huge. Right. Right. Yeah. It's worked. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I think about I think about Purple Link a lot because we get to do partnerships, we get to do cool work together, and you know, the last couple six months have been interesting. And I'm curious from an HR perspective, when you look at the last six months, when you talk to HR leaders, are they like? I think I want to be an auditor now. I think I want to, I think I want to do something else. Or what is your sense of our HR community? We've got a lot of people in HR um, on live with us on the show. What's your yeah. sense? Where would you say people are at after this kind of roller coaster? Yeah, well, I can 100% say that no one has told me they wanted to be an auditor. <laughs> so that is for sure. <laughs> okay, we have not, they haven't gone that far. Okay, yeah. Right, right. I also, by the way, since you use the term roller coaster, I keep telling people, and I didn't make this up, I saw it on Facebook, that I've been on the Corona coaster. You know, <laughs> yeah. Some days are up and some days are down, but I am definitely on the coaster. So yes, um, isn't it just true? It's so good to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, most of us have gone through it at at some point, whether we're too busy or not busy enough, or excited or hopeful, and then back go backwards on our phased openings. And it's definitely been difficult. It's been difficult for me personally. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, but I think for most HR people, it has just been an unbelievably crazy time. And I was on a call this morning with several HR leaders and, and I asked them this question because I said, I have my own perspective, but I, you know, I want to hear yours about how has this been for you? And of course it's starting 
to flatten out a bit. At first, there was, you know, all this craziness about getting people to work from home and to figure mm -hmm. out how to do things differently and work out work from home agreements and and maybe even continue hiring people, but also maybe furloughing or letting yep. people go. So either way, it was a crazy busy time. But also what I saw from a lot of HR leaders is, and I, I've been debating for three days about whether to use this term because it's a term that I, I don't like, and I'm still gonna say it. HR leaders, so many HR leaders for so long have said they want to be at the table. Well, you know what? I think they're all at the table right now. I think they're sitting on the table right I, now. <laughs> I think they're standing on the table, yeah. or crawling under the table. But. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Maybe they were standing, now they're crawling underneath it. But because they have been a key player in all this. That's right. right? Every single thing uh, around between the, the loans and the CARES Act and um, it has been a huge focus on people and, and our employees and how we can figure this out for them. So I think it's given a lot of HR people who maybe didn't have that focus at the senior level an opportunity to really shine and to grow and to be viewed as a leader in a different way because organizations have needed them so much. So although it's been tough, and I know there's probably some people listening that might be groaning a bit at that. <laughs> Somebody's, yeah. <laughs> this is not what I meant by getting a seat at the table. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it, it's just been a, you know, a whole new spotlight on HR. Yes. This will define HR leaders. I truly, you can see that moving forward. When I talk to younger generations about where they want to go next in their career or how they look at companies, they're really looking at the way that people are treated. Yeah. It's not just HR's job, you know, right. That's definitely, you know, HR, we're putting policies in place. We are creating systems and tools for everybody. Uh, but at the same time, we really do in the HR world, we set the tone and we set the expectation of yeah. how people are treated and we right. set the perspective too. And that perspective is also shifting, you know, how, what our employees want from us, what they expect from us, what, what they need from us, especially like you said, if they're working from home. Right. So that's interesting. You know, it's, it's almost, it's almost, I don't know if you're definitely saying this, but it's almost like, Hey, this is your chance to be heard. Right. So start right. talking. Don't be right. afraid. Right. 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 Be right. innovative, be creative. Mm -hmm. learning, you know, take this opportunity. I know. And that's, that's a difficult balance because a lot of HR leaders have been so busy, but there's also so much information out there too, as, as things have gone virtual and um, so many webinars and, and mm -hmm. opportunities to learn and grow in different ways. So. Yeah. How else do you think COVID has actually helped HR leaders? How else do you think it sounds, I mean, we did get a lot of opportunity for education for sure. Right, right, right. Some of it, you know, maybe on things they never thought they <laughs> they wanted to learn about or know yeah. about, like, you know, a lot of legal compliance and face mask laws and who can do what and how much hand sanitizer do we need and, and all mm -hmm. that. But 
Um, I, you know, I know for me personally, I have really taken an opportunity to to learn and grow and and develop myself because I've actually had more time. And so for some of those HR leaders, maybe their business has slowed. It has been an opportunity to, to seek out new information or even join, you know, different groups or listen to On the Porch or the Joy Powered Web uh, Podcast, right? Which is awesome. <laughs> yes, check it out. Especially the episode with Lindsay Picardo. <laughs> we'll just keep cross-referencing ourselves during this. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, taking information. And even, you know what I love about your podcast is people feel like they're not alone when they listen to it. Oh, nice. You know, when you're in HR, you're trying to care for people, your, your bucket, your cup is poured out every day. You're going, you're empty at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And we need people on our team that can say, get up. It's going to be okay. Right. This has happened before. We're going to get through it. Here are some little hints or some clues at what to do next. Yeah. Yeah. HR, I think, is a very sharing community. Yes. You know, people, people like to find out what other people are doing or using the resources, even if it's in within industry associations or or SHRM or IndieSHRM or, you know, whatever that might look like in your community. Uh, but I also think I, I've been fascinated um, not only in the HR world, just in the world in general with the creativity that that people have used and, and figuring out how to make it work for people at home and teach their kids mm-hmm. at the same time and also post hilarious things on Facebook, you know, so I, I'm a big fan of the concept of creativity and I, I read once uh, Dr. Ambassador said that most adults use less than 10% of their creativity on a given day. And I think, you know, if we have to look for a bright side in all this, I think we've all learned some new ways to be creative Isn't as, that as HR professionals and as people. So. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I think when we get older too, we get kind of comfy with our routine. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden we have to do it differently and we realize what, well, you know, maybe I am more, I, I am more flexible than I thought. I am yeah. more able to adapt. Humans are such adaptable creatures. Right. And we can forget, you know, it's, it, it goes back to that idea, whatever you believe about yourself becomes the truth. So if I believe like, oh, everything's going down and I'm in trouble, that's all I find. Right. Right. Is there any mantra that you have been like reminding yourself of or putting in front of yourself on those? Because we mentioned the roller coaster. Some days are great. Some days are low. What do you do to kind of reset on a day where that roller coaster is going downhill? Yeah. Well, you know, having been the author of three books called Joy Powered and having a podcast (laughs) called Joy Powered, it's been been hard for me that I feel like I'm supposed to be this joy powered like I almost have this pressure on myself to be joy powered all the time and and I wasn't and especially in the month of April I mean I wasn't for a while and that you know believe me my team and my family will tell you I'm not joy powered every day all day long but um you know I've got a pretty good gig going and um I it, it was the first time in a long time where I felt I felt that 
pain and pressure and, and, and some yeah. fever. We had our 10 year anniversary. We're celebrating all year long, but technically it was on June 3rd. And I was beginning to wonder if we were going to make it to June 3rd. So it's scary. Yeah. 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 So. And I think, how do you, when you know, let me ask it this way. When have you been in a situation like this before? Because you have been in a, you have been in scenarios like this where we don't know the outcome. Yeah. And we're yeah. kind of holding down with our little fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been in a situation like that before? before? Um, definitely not to this degree or this mm -hmm. extreme. I'll have to mm -hmm. think of an example of that. I will, you know, I'm a big fan of Clifton Strengths Finders. And yes. one of my top five strengths is futuristic, and one is positivity. And I felt like it was it was the first time in as long as I could think of where I wasn't able to, to use those two strengths. Like I didn't yes. know what the future was going to hold and yes. really hard to be positive. And yes, that was kind of a double whammy for me working through that. So I can see that. And, and that pressure too, you know, when, when I think of you, you've done such a good job with branding. When I think of you, it's joy powered, joy powered, joy powered, Jody joy powered. And I can imagine you're, you know, you're having these moments of, I don't even, I don't have a lot left in my well to draw from right now. And the mechanisms that you use looking into the future, being optimistic. Yeah. I can totally see how there'd be moments where you're like, oh, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be present for the moment. Right. Right. And hope right. that things continue to progress. Yeah. Right. right. I'm so grateful, really, because that, you know, that lasted about six weeks. Uh, yeah. Many businesses are, are struggling way more than we are, and we're coming through it on the other end. Yes. And, and some businesses, it's getting harder and harder, or they've closed mm -hmm. shops. So I don't say that as a, a way to, oh, woe is me, right? Plenty oh, totally. Yeah. Struggling more than me. It just, it been, been the first time, and... I, I can't even think of a moment to compare it to for me. Yeah, I think it's just important. I, I love to ask people that question, when have you been here before? Because there's comfort in even you telling me, you know, as a young trainer and speaker, when you say like, we've never been here. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not just me. You know, we're not yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like this, it's very real. And there's so much health in being able to say, this is hard. We're not right. silver lining everything. This is right. tough. Right. I asked the T. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, I think I thought of my example uh, yeah. of when it was that tough, which is probably, so I graduated from the University of Evansville and we were on the quarter system. So I graduated on a Friday. I mean, not the ceremony, but I had my last day of class on a Friday and I started work on Monday morning. I was so excited beginning my career had on my brand new suit and my pantyhose, went into work. Pretty much I added numbers on the calculator all day long and I was super slow at that. And at the end of the day, it was all I could do to get in my car and I cried for like three hours because I said, this is what I thought I wanted all through college and I hate it. <laughs> yes, yes. Now in hindsight, I did work there for 15 years, so I got over it, right? You worked but, through it. <laughs> But it was a tough first week for me, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It's really, there are these moments where our expectations do not, do not meet reality. Yeah, you know, that's a great way to say it. That's how it was that day. 
And that's how it's been for the past five months, right? I am with you in that. Yeah. And that's hard to wrestle with. That takes time to work through for sure. And when I think about, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's grief model, I mean, yeah. that, um, with organizations that I work with and just talking about, it's going to be normal that you have a morale dip. That right. is human. Right. Nobody's right. just going to keep going, well, here we go again. Nothing. Right. My expectations are completely not, you know, matching reality, but I'm right. okay. Right. So I right. love that you share that. I know that brings a lot of comfort to me and, you know, all of us HR leaders on this call. I've got a couple like very specific HR questions I really want to hear your perspective on. Okay. Uh, I've been researching remote work for a while because millennials, half of millennials already work remote, but I'm curious, COVID kind of, you know, ignited the need to do that. Do you think remote work is here to stay? What do you think is going to happen? You know, I, I will say early on, I thought, oh my God, cause I've been working remote for a long time or at least partially remote. And I thought, hundred percent. Yes. It's here to stay. People have finally figured out that this is the way life should be. But, and I've asked, I've been asking this question of other people for the last month or so too, about what they think. And it's been an interesting response. I mean, some companies say, yes, we think some people will, um, some jobs can do it, but you know, we're really looking forward to having everyone back in the office. And I would, I'm surprised by that, I guess, because I, I see it on the individual side that they, that some of us, including myself, like I have a need to be around people. I want that. I don't want to work from home by myself every day. So I want to be around people, but I, I am not getting as a resounding strong yes as I thought I was from company that interesting that um, that has really surprised me so I I still want to say yes and I certainly think we're gonna have a lot more opportunities than we ever did before mm -hmm. um, I was talking to a CFO candidate just yesterday who um, his company got bought out and he's looking for a new role and he has been really able to, to expand his search a lot farther to places that he doesn't want to move to, yep. and he doesn't want to drive to every day, but they've already told him, um, you know, you could come to the office three days and work from home too. And I think about what an opportunity is, that is both for individuals and for organizations who maybe right. struggle to find talent. That's right. People who maybe struggle to find the right fit, that even doing some sort of partial combination hybrid model can just explode the whole talent process on both sides for people and companies. I definitely see that happening in the recruiting process where if you want the top, top talent, there's gotta be flexibility in right. work location. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Fascinating. So there, it sounds like underneath it, you, you are picking up on that human need to actually be in the same spot. Yeah. At least some of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we need that, but not everyone, but yeah, I think a lot of people do. Well, I imagine too, you know, in your training studio, I've, um, by mistake, walked in on some of your trainings, my because I'm like using your side office, but I can see, you know, there's so many other elements when people come to Purple Ink, you've got 
the little tables where they're kind of broken into groups of four or six. Then you've got these tactile things for people to squeeze and play with. And then, you know, notes for people to write. And it's very, I would say it's very four dimensional experience, right? Yeah. You've got those mints, those melt in your mouth mints. Everybody stop <laughs> by Purple Ink. You're going to miss those. Those are delicious. I eat way too many whenever I'm there, but you've got all these different tactile experiences in four dimensions. And, yeah. and now we're, even when we're doing training, it's a very different experience to just be right two-dimensional on the screen. Hello, oh, listeners. Yeah, this is what we've got. <laughs> so here we go. Get your own squishy ball and your own mints, okay, people? We're getting started. But it really is a different experience. So I can see what you're saying that there, a blend, there is a blend in the future where we know, it's almost like when you stretch a rubber band, oh, this can stretch farther than I thought. It's not yeah. going to go all the way back. Right. Right. Somewhere in the middle. Right. Right. Which I think is good. I think it's yeah. good. And boy, if I had to tell you, I love our office. If I had to list 10 cool things about our office, I would not have come up with the mints. So that's so funny that that's one of your favorites. <laughs> those. That's my feedback. Um, the bright walls are great too, but I'm going to go with the food because I'm Italian. <laughs> yes. Love so it. what else, is there anything else that when you look into the future, being a futurist, let's pick your brain a little bit. Think about, go a year out because like three months out, I don't know, Jody. I don't know what's going to happen, but a year out, summer 2021. Yeah. Yeah. With your futurist positivity, you know, bring those two strengths in. What could you see happening? A year from now. Yeah. Well, I definitely think the world of work is going to look different, right? Yes. Even if some, even if we don't all work remotely or we don't have the opportunities, because a lot of organizations don't, you know, hospitals and banks, yes. credit unions. I mean, they need some people on the front lines, right? They need yep. lots of people on the front lines. So remote work is not going to work for everyone. Uh, but I definitely think that we've, uh, organizations have given people so much more grace in the workspace and having kids and dogs and cats and uh, climbing across their screen and, and getting to know people in their own space, right? And yes. so I feel a more, even more human awareness for organizations to deal with that. And, and then the ability again, even if they're not working remotely to be able to work more flexible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, some, and I think that's all the good news. Unfortunately, I do think that recessions are always a good time, right? As we lived through 2008, 9, 10, mm -hmm. you probably didn't live through it that much. You're so young, but that, I think I was traveling around as a drummer. So I didn't, I didn't give a crap about the economy. <laughs> now I do. Um, but you know, it, it gave good or bad. It gave organizations an opportunity to restructure, to rethink right. their processes. Do they need as many people? Do they need as many people in this department as that department? So I, you know, doesn't sound very joy powered, but I, I don't think furloughs are over. I don't, I don't think downsizing is going to be over for a while. Um, and that that's going to take some time to work, to work through that, which might be a year still before we get to that point. Yeah. I, I wish it wasn't. I wish that weren't the case. What were you going to say? 
Well, I just, I think, because I love to talk about creativity, I think that's where people have to think creatively. They have to think creatively about their work, about opportunities, about different types of organizations that are coming through stronger than ever through this. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be a dead and dismal in a year. It's just going to look different than it does right now. We've all learned to work mm -hmm. differently, to train differently, to speak differently. Mm -hmm. And that's not going away. What would you say, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I know yeah. you'll have a good answer. What would you say if somebody, you know, is worried that they're not going to have their job in a year and they're hearing you say, get creative. And they're like, <laughs> I don't even know what you actually mean by that. What, what are a couple very practical things that somebody could do to help prepare themselves? Yeah. Well, number one that we've talked about a little bit already is learning and growing, right? Taking, yes. Listening, even listening to podcasts, right? It doesn't have to be something you spend money on or you, maybe your company's training budget has been cut. Unfortunately, sometimes that's one of the first to get cut. So right. I don't encourage that one, but I think it happens. So don't, you know, don't sit around and wait, wait on someone else, wait on your boss, wait on your department, wait on your company to make things different for you. You've got to take control. You've got to be the leader. How can you learn? How can you grow? How can you share? How can you think differently about your work every day? And how can you be more efficient? Or what are you doing that doesn't need to be done? Or how can you add more value? Or how can you be viewed as a, a stronger leader? Not, not just live as a stronger leader, but be seen as a stronger leader. As, as you said earlier, um, you know, the spotlight is on and take yep. the opportunity and speak up about it. Right. What, mm -hmm. what do you got to give? What do you got to give? I love that. And that's a piece too. Have you heard of this role called the chief heart officer? Have you heard of this concept? I have. Yes. 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 This idea of, you know, we're reaching a new level in HR where it's, it's not just like, what's your health insurance? It's not just your physical body, but your mental and emotional Right. Well-being. And I do wonder in the HR world, if some of us are saying, I really want to be somebody that takes care of people. And I get the desire to want to take care of people, but we've got to add skills to, we've got to add tools to our tool belt. If right. you want to be that type of person in the future, if you want to be the type of HR leader that people want to hear from where you, yeah. you know, are, are reshaping your future culture, yeah. there's some real skills that you can build in. I've been encouraging people to look at even taking um, psychology classes online, there's tons of, there's tons of different um, models that you can look into and learn a lot about right now, right. you know? And then, you know, how do you want to make a difference in your office? If you can be really clear, how do you want to make a difference on your team? Then you can train yourself towards those skills. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. But that, that, this is like what you said in the beginning, you're sitting at the table. What do you want to bring? That's not there already. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I love that title too, chief heart officer so much more than, and I'm cringing because there's probably some people listening who have this title. Um, but I've never liked the title chief people officer, because as you said it earlier, that we're all responsible for people. Right. Yeah. And when 
Mm -hmm. When somebody has that in their title to me, it, I think it gives other people the excuse to say, well, I'm not in charge of people. I'm in charge of operations. That's right. That person's in charge of people. So all people problems got to go to them. Uh, No, right. We all are people leaders. And so I like the new title, not chief people officer. That's right. We all are culture changes on the fringes first. It's usually not the CEO saying we are now this type of culture. It's it's the conversations that are happening on the edges that move all the way in that make a difference. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. How do you think what's, what's a miss? And I'm, I'm totally asking this out of curiosity. So you can pass if you if you're like Lindsay, we did not plan that question, <laughs> but what do you, I don't, I don't think we planned any so far. So <laughs> I've gone through your three questions in the first six minutes. Now it's my turn, Jody. <laughs> what, um, great. Now I forgot my question. I got, so you got me laughing. Um, when you think of, people that are in HR, maybe that have been there a decade and they're getting a little cozy. You know, you started to get cozy in a role. I got cozy as a speaker and I was only, I've been doing it for less than a decade. Um, What's something that you would encourage them to look at, to learn about? What are some trends that when you see the future, like, Hey, you're probably going to want to look at organizational psychology or what would you say? What would be some of those things? It's so funny. You're talking, uh, you've mentioned psychology a couple of times. That was your major, right? Yeah. This is all about me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because someone, an HR leader I was talking to this morning said, I'm, I think I need to go back and, and major or take some classes in psychology. So it's so funny that, that you're saying that too. But there is, there's so much to learn out there, right? Yeah. So many opportunities to, and to think differently. When I, I'm not sure I answered fully your question earlier about what, what are one or two things you can do to think about being more creative is I think, think about what you're doing, the decisions you're making from a different perspective right? It's easy, for example, for an HR leader to think like, oh, I'd love to do this, but oh my gosh, it's going to be a nightmare for me. So I don't want to offer that, right? Or, oh, I'd love to do this, but oh, it's going to take way too much time and I don't have enough people or enough time. But think about it from someone else's perspective. Think about it from the new person who just joined your organization. Think about it from the recruit who's going to your website, who's uh, having their first interview. Think about it from the CEO, from the operations director. Like, what do they need from you? What did they need from HR? Or what, what, what that, that they haven't even thought about needing you for before, right? Yes. That's, that's coaching or, or support or leadership or or creativity in the moment of how can this job be done from home? How can we make this work from people? So I think so many times as we get cozy back in our chair, we have these blinders on of, of how, how we see things and not think about how to other, how are our client internal or external, how, how are they looking at it and how can we take our hat off for a minute and put their hat on to be mm-hmm. So perspective taking. Yeah, thank you. That was that, that was a long way for me to say perspective. <laughs> no, I love it. I think that's so important though, because you're right. 
you know, especially right now when we're all working from home, yeah, I've really tried to get focused when I'm doing a training and asking how many people are parenting and working full time. Yeah. Putting myself, myself in their shoes and understanding that they're being asked to do an impossible thing month after month, week after week, day after day, going into the fall, not knowing what's actually going to happen with schools and stuff like that. But it also builds that well of compassion. And then we take different actions ultimately as leaders when we say, you know, this, I can imagine those of us in HR, you're like, Hey, we're going to have to come up with a different plan for the fall. We can't burn our parents out again. We can't right. do that. We got to have rota- rotating work hours or yeah. But you would only know that if we did what you just said, take, right. take perspective of somebody else's life. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's um, interesting as I, although I haven't asked that specific question and now I'm going to steal that about asking people to raise their hand if they're parenting. But I also think too, I, I have asked, or I have thought a lot about parents. A lot of people on my team have, have kids in school. And so that's been, you know, right in front of me. But I, I was just thinking this morning in a conversation about it's also the people who maybe are single and they've been mm-hmm. alone, right? Or For even, months. Yes, yes. Or even people who maybe they're used to their husbands traveling or their wives traveling all the time, like I used to do, that yeah. now are spending more time together, which can be awesome, but it could also be like, hey, you're skirting up my routine here, right? And yeah. Uh, or the families where their adult children move back in and they've got four and five people working from home every day. So that's it's, right. It's affected everybody in, in so many different ways. So that's right. I had somebody tell me the other day, you know, I don't have any money to come to your training because I had to outfit my house with a new office. Oh. So you're like, because I don't think companies are thinking, you know, if I had to CEO, if I had to work from home. I would need a table. I would need, you know, I can't just be on my little laptop all day. I need a, I need a separate, you know, keyboard. I'm going to need a budget to do that. And even those pieces, like you're talking about, given your different circumstances, how do we make this so that people can do it long-term? Right. Right. You know, I, as I said earlier, I personally have worked from home at least part of the time for well over 10 years now. And I personally just created a home office. (laughs) I bought a stand-up desk. I got a new lamp. I put some new artwork up. You know, I I was working for my recliner. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I need to get a better view. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even having like a little space that all I do, I'm in a spare bedroom right now. All I do in this spare bedroom is emails, shoot videos, that's it. And there's a, yeah. there's a dog bed in here, obviously. There's a dog bed in every room in my of house. Of course. But, <laughs> yeah. but having that space, I can imagine, you know, when you, we were talking to before we all jumped on, you know, we're going to be in this probably longer. Well, we have been in it longer than we want to be. Mm-hmm. So at some point we just have to say, how am I going to make myself comfortable now? Because right. I can't keep wishing and hoping right. maybe September, maybe October. Yeah. probably not through the winter. So how yeah. do we make ourselves comfortable and our team too? Right. Right. We've got a couple people asking questions. Can I, can I oh. shoot your way and see? Yeah. I'm what there you for you, right? Not me. What's that? Oh no, they're definitely all for you. Lots of advice. We need your help, Jody. Save us all from ourselves. 
Um, and if you do have a question, this is a great time. Throw it in the chat, throw it in the Q&A, we'll find it. Uh, Erica asked this, do you have any advice for somebody trying to get into HR? We've talked about that. It's tough to get into HR. Uh, and if they're a little bit later in the game, 35 years old, graduated in 2018, what advice would you give somebody who wants to do that type of work? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just had a conversation with someone last week about this, and I, I'm not... I'm not necessarily proud of the HR profession uh, for this, but I think like myself and many of my team members, we got into HR because we had like combination roles, right? Or yeah. for, some, for some reason, a lot of HR people report to accounting people, right? So, um, but, or, or it's an operations person who has, where's the HR hat too. Yeah. So sometimes if you can, combine your skills or, or have one job title, but start to say, hey, I'd love to interview more. I'd love to recruit more. I'd love to do training on the, even if, you know, when I started training, I was training on accounting things, believe it or not. And mm -hmm. no, I don't do that anymore. That would be awful for me and my class. Mm -hmm. But think about how might you start doing some of those things where you are and gaining some of that experience because lots of organizations have a wide range of people involved in the recruiting process or hiring or training from, from different skill sets. So pick that, up some of those skills along the way. That makes a lot of sense to start to wiggle into it. Yeah. yeah. Find opportunities. Yeah. 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 That's great. Erica said that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Who else has got a question? Sam, I don't know if I missed any. I've got, I've obviously got a boatload of questions that I want to ask, but I want to see, does anybody else have questions? Looks like we've covered all the ones in the chat so far and okay. none in the Q&A at the moment. Okay, great. All right, Jody, you're back on the hot seat. It's my turn again. <laughs> okay, I love it. No, this is so good. I, I usually see you like once every six weeks, once every two months. So it's just, has anybody else had this feeling when you see an old friend and you're like, Jody, you're, you know, your buddies, you're, it's so, this has been such a strange time right. to not have our normal cadence. And I know that's hard for all of us, but. Right. And then when we're wearing masks, it's almost like, is that Lindsay behind those polka dot masks? <laughs> yes. I, well, I don't have a polka dot mask. So if it was that, it's not me. But yeah. It's, I do. Okay, Jody, everybody look. I bet it's purple and green polka dots. You know, I have an orange polka dot. I do have several purple masks, though. So. Nice. Yeah. We had another question coming that's really important. We've got to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can plead the fifth on this one. Peggy's asking, who's your favorite Purple Ink employee? Well, since I think Peggy might be the only Purple Inkster on the call, I think it's Peggy Hogan. I'm Peggy, so nailing it. Yeah, yeah. I so love this. Uh, Erica's got another question. She's, she's hilarious. She's like, well, if nobody else is going to ask any, I'm going to ask more. Everybody's <laughs> holding back. If I were to spend time on certifications, which ones are the most versatile? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, speaking from HR, uh, I'm assuming 100% it's the SHRM CP or the SHRM SCP. Isn't uh, it like 80% or 90% of companies require that for you to be? Uh, um, you know, I have to admit, I haven't heard that number be that high, but um, 
I think it's coming. I think it that is. certification that's becoming much more popular. So were any SHRM, are those the beginning SHRM certs that you're talking about? Are those like yeah. the first the level? CP is more uh, beginner level. And then the SCP is the senior okay. professional. So highly recommend either one of those. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Great. You know, having um, Peggy ask the question reminds me of a, a question I've been getting a lot, if you don't mind if I share that. Yeah. Because even though, even I mentioned about, I think furloughs and, and mm -hmm. downsizing is going to continue, Peggy leads our career coaching and um, career consulting practice. And it's been very interesting to us, even though good news, bad news, that practice is growing through the roof which is good for us, but bad for our clients because they're letting people go. We are, people are finding jobs. There are jobs, there are skilled jobs out there. Um, I, I have to admit, we don't, we don't do a lot of work around blue collar, but white collar jobs and not just, not just top of the food chain, white collar jobs, but managers and we're talking in marketing and, accounting and HR and technology. And there are lots of opportunities still out there because many companies are, they're killing it through this and That's they're right. growing and expanding. And so don't think like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find a new job because they're out there. They're out there. That's a good, that's a good word. And I think we, to the degree that we believe that we'll find it. Right. 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 We know we're in the indie job market. I know that there are jobs open every day. Every day, yeah. yeah. Somebody's asking when they do, how, what's a tip you have for um, standing out in the hiring process? Yeah, well, we always say, you know, your resume is a way for you to find us, us as recruiters or us as hiring managers, but it's your LinkedIn is where we mm -hmm. find you. Um, so, you know, you gotta look, make your LinkedIn profile stand yep. strong, right? Be active, right. add some videos, add, put all your information out there, whether you're volunteering or use pictures, people are much more likely to look at your profile if you have your picture. I mean, as simple as that, right? Yes. Just put your picture on there. So, but, but LinkedIn LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And of course, though, the, the number one thing you can do is network is that's which, right is seems a thousand times harder right now because it's we're not having networking events. But I can tell you, I've met a whole crop of new people uh, in oh. the past few months from being on Indie Sherm calls or ATD calls or uh, networking calls and HR group leader calls and um, there's, there's still a lot of opportunities to network. It just looks different. I think that's so important to, re to remind us all that just because we're socially distancing, it doesn't mean that you can't meet new people. Right. And I've been able to meet people that I really admire and taken some risks and asked, you know, to interview people I really look up to. And they've said yes, because of this time, if it was normal life, they might not have said that, but Right. right now, if you're trying, say you're trying to get somebody's attention, say you want to work for, I'll use Lessonly as an example, because they're like a millennial magnet. Right. Everyone wants to work at Lessonly. If you right. want to work at Lessonly, go comment on a couple leaders at Lessonly, comment for the next week on things that they post. They will notice you. 
Absolutely. And then as you start to build that relationship, show them your interest in Lessonly, help them understand um, who you are. That's how we get in. It's actually pretty natural. It's give attention to the organizations that you want to be a part of. Exactly. It's, exactly. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to get the ask just right in the message, but just start pinging the companies that you really appreciate and they're posting things that matter to you. Right. Show them that it matters to you. And that's a... LinkedIn is a gold mine right now in this season where we have all different social medias. Mm -hmm. I think I would definitely say recommend spend the majority of your time on LinkedIn. That's yeah. where you will get the biggest return on your time. We mm -hmm. only have, man, we've been hanging out for 15 minutes, Jody. I can't believe it. <laughs> and now everybody's got questions. So I got a couple more for you. Um, what are your recommendations for mentorship during this time? How can we make mentorship opportunities more meaningful? while yeah. we're socially distanced. Do you have some thoughts about that? I love it. And I, you know, I can remember, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, somebody called me up and so I, I barely knew and said, I'm looking for an HR mentor. Um, and I was so flattered and thrilled by that. And I think now, of course, Maybe everyone listening will call me to be their mentor. But <laughs> I, I, Cody Curtis, 317. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking Lindsay Picard. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I love uh, it. No, you can call. I'll put my number up. It was such a flattering moment for me. And I did meet with this person several times and we talked on the phone. And um, I think don't be afraid to do that, right? Don't be afraid to ask someone to be your mentor. And maybe that's someone in your own organization. Maybe that's someone you meet at the HR Indiana conference on August 24th through the 26th. Or everybody maybe, should go to, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're Lindsay Picardos, one of our keynote speakers. Um, you know, but don't be afraid to reach out and ask, like, what, what's the worst that can happen, right? They're going right. to be flattered and honored. And if they don't have time, maybe they'll connect you with someone else who's even better. So. That's right. And yeah. even asking, you know, it says a lot when people ask me to mentor them. And if they tell me what they want mentorship on, too. And I've had a lot of people come and say, I really want to be a speaker. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, this is the juice, man. Yeah. Um, like, tell me what you want to learn. Yeah. I will probably talk your ear off. And right. so we've been letting people know what is it that you want to learn from your mentor. Right. Let I them know. It. What do that's, you want? That's and, an interesting question because people think I want to mentor. And then you say, what do you want to be mentored on? Um, I don't know. You know, well, think kind of specifically. Mm -hmm. Is it networking? Is it speaking? Is it benefits? Is it leadership? What is it? Yeah. And then they might even direct you. Somebody asked me to mentor them with marketing. I was like, I'm not your gale. Here's yeah. three people that you probably could have a great conversation with. So it even helps somebody. I know I feel this way. I don't know how many of you here are in Indiana, but the Midwest, everybody wants to help each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you can get your ask really specific, right. We want to help each other. It's like the Midwest way. It really is. Right. Um, okay. We only have a couple minutes. I can keep you on all night, Jody, but I won't. This time I won't, I won't hold you hostage on my Zoom call. Not like I'm going to a big party or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got to get going. I've got a lot of events that I need to show up for. Um, I'm curious. You've written these books on Joy Powered. This is something that's very important to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, when you think of all the things you could tell the world, you're probably going to write 50 more books. So... Today, what's the thing that you think people need to hear from their leaders and from you today? Yeah. 
figure out what it is that you do best and find a way to do more of it. Um, that's it's, and, and that might not be, you know, accounting or HR. It might be being creative. It might be being strategic. It might be communicating it, you know, don't think of it as a thing. Think of it as a, a skill set that you can learn and grow. Um, and then can I say one more thing? Yeah, two. Great. So better. My, one of my all-time favorite quotes is, what would happen if we focused on what is right with people versus fixating on what is wrong with them? And I think that's good advice, especially in these somewhat turbulent times that it's easy to point fingers or judge other people and, mm -hmm. and to look for the good in them, but also turning that inward and saying, what is right with me right now? What is, what, what, what happened well, good to me today and how can I repeat it tomorrow? Because it's easy to get down on ourselves about what's not right with us. Oh, so, I'm it. putting that, I'm going to post that later on LinkedIn. I will credit you for it because that is, you know, through these times we have to kind of self feed too. Yeah. Right. And asking that's such a good question what is right with me i think about the definition of humility is having an accurate view of yourself yeah and sometimes as leaders people are like well i want to be humble well this isn't a humble view is an accurate view so i know that your team does strengths finders uh work right, right. Finding, right find out what you are really good at that you love to do find out what's going right right and right. move towards that that is a gem that's beautiful i love that I love that. And I just, I just noticed that when we, when I ask people like, what are they proud of? They're like, I can't say that out loud or I'm embarrassed yeah. to talk about it. That's right. We have to show up for ourselves. We have to be able to, you know, build our own courage, encourage ourselves, mm -hmm. especially in times like these. Exactly. Yeah. Humilitas veritas is that in humility is truth. We have to figure out what that is about ourselves. Yes. Powerful. Powerful. Uh, okay. I have, I have one more question for you and we'll see if anybody else does. And then I, and then for real, I'll let you go have dinner. Um, okay. I really believe that as you know, the way that we're raised, the way that we grow up shapes our expectations at work. And I'm curious, what's something that has happened, you're a childhood memory for you that has shaped you today that allows you to be who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom and dad, I grew up in a very small town, Southern Indiana. I was Jody from Lagodi. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> but my mom and dad were very active and involved in the community, whether it was mm -hmm. church, the Lions Club, selling nuts for Tri-Kappa, the school board, whatever. And they really instilled that value in me of, of wanting to volunteer and whether that was volunteering in my profession, volunteering at church, volunteering for the poor. I mean, you know, I think it's, it's about giving back to others and, and my mom and dad were so good at that. And I think one thing specifically my mom did for many years is organized a big talent show for our community that just brought literally almost the entire community of 1500 people together to sing and dance and laugh and 
um, it just always had such a big impact on me of thinking how powerful that was for my our community and how my mom was a big part of it. And, and that is one of the reasons why I love working as a volunteer and specifically with HR Indiana and it's bringing people together for fun and laughter and learning. And um, so that's a good, we got to use that story in a talk, Jody. That's a good story. <laughs> I love that. So let's talk real quick because HR Indiana is coming up. It's in three weeks. Yeah. And yeah. I know I've been lucky enough to be a part of this since I think 2017. We were talking about uh, that's how we met originally. Right. And right. I'm really excited for this year because if there was ever a time for everyone in HR to get together, or if you're, if you want to get into HR and you want to kind of see what it's like, this is a safe way to do it. If there was ever a year to do it. Right. Now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, August 24th to the 26th, you can still sign up online. And if you sign up tonight or tomorrow morning, you can still watch the free Hug Sky at noon on Wednesday, um, which is going to be awesome as he talks about race relations and violence. And then Lindsay Picardo, Tuesday morning, 8.30, August 25th, our rock star. Yep. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to laugh. We're yep. going to talk about how every generation matters, which... I'm really passionate about and um, it's so important right now in the workplace because we're coming from different perspectives. Yeah. This is all I think this year is about recognizing that we are all different and we can, we can really um, find strength in that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not, and not ignore it and not feel like we, you know, have to be homogenized, but I love that the free hugs guys come in. If you haven't seen him speak before, you just Google him and you'll see, you'll get a little preview of what it would be like yeah. uh, to see him. So check that out. Sam put the link for, um, for Sherm Indiana, hrindianasherm.org. Mm -hmm. Check it out. The conference is coming up. It's all available online. So if you're still in like sweatpants isolation mode, great. You can just enjoy it from your home, learn a ton, learn yeah. from some awesome uh, trainers. So Jody, I so appreciate you having you on and you. getting some quality time with you, checking in. It's, it means a lot to me uh, personally. And I know for everybody on the call, getting to hear from you is huge. So thank you for taking the time to sit on the porch with us tonight. Uh, I'm so excited to have sat on the porch with Lindsay Picardo. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a lot of ways that you can get a hold of Jody. You know, she mentioned getting, jumping in LinkedIn. You can find her right there on LinkedIn. We put her um, link right in the chat. Go add her to your LinkedIn right now so you can continue to hear from her. She's got great books. I've got them all. Joy Powered Family is fantastic. Joy Powered Team and the original Joy Powered Intentionally Creating an Inspired Workspace. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a great time to have these books in your back pocket as an encouragement for yourself and for your family and your team. Yeah. So check that out. Jody, thank you so much. I'll see you real soon. All right. Thank you. Elbows. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.